John chapter 10. You know this scripture very well. Don't y'all love the Lord tonight? Praise God. Well, the Holy Spirit this morning, you know, Pastor and I don't communicate about what he's preaching on and what I'm preaching on. And uh, uh, so when he started preaching this morning, I thought, well, Lord, that's just, you, you're giving me, he talked a lot about the hearing, hearing the voice of the Lord, didn't he? I mean, that really wasn't the top of it, what, the topic of his sermon, but he did talk about hearing the voice of the Lord. And that is exactly the sermon that the Lord had given me tonight was the voice of the Lord. So um, I want to talk about that tonight. And uh, you're going to get some stuff. In John 10, verse 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Well, that's simple enough. And, and it's in red letter, so we know that Jesus said it. He said, My sheep, that's us, we're his sheep, that we hear his voice. And uh, you'd be surprised, though, that the m amount of Christians that would contradict this, uh, this of Jesus. But how many of you know Jesus doesn't lie? Amen. <laughs> Jesus can't lie, can he? No, God's bound himself to his word that he'll never lie. So if Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, then bless the Lord, his sheep hear his voice, don't they? Yes, Praise God. So... Um, if, if, God, if Jesus said we hear his voice, then we need to uh, maybe just make some adjustments in how we understand hearing his voice because we're hearing things that we may not know we're hearing. Hallelujah. Okay, uh, when you got saved, <clears throat> God gave you a new set of ears and a new set of eyes. Now, you have natural eyes and you have natural ears, but when you got saved, God gave you a new set of eyes and a new set of ears. He gave you spiritual eyes and he gave you spiritual ears. And you know what? When he gave them to you, he didn't give them to you defective. Amen. He gave them to you perfect. Amen. When you got saved, you know, you may not have been very old. I was 10 years old. But when you got saved, you got a set of, of spiritual eyes and a set of spiritual ears and they had and you had perfect hearing and you had perfect the perfect ability to see and, and um, in um, um, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 you can turn there but I'm going to read it to you out of the amplified Bible but in Hebrews 5:11 it talks about um, he said, concerning this, we have much to say, which is hard to explain, since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish, uh, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight. So he talks about, it, it doesn't say it exactly that way in the King James. It says you are dull of hearing. But the Amplified teaches us how it really is, is you've become that way. You, you started out with good hearing, but you may have become, hopefully nobody in this church has, but if, if you don't hear God, it wasn't because you didn't start out that way. It's because you've become spiritually sluggish in your hearing and, and, in, and in, the, in, in the ability to see in this spirit realm dimension and to hear in this spirit dimension. And so we don't want to do that, do we? We don't want to be sluggish in our hearing. Let me read that again. It says, concerning this, we have much to say, which is hard to explain since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing. We do not want to be dull in our spiritual hearing. We do not want to become that way or sluggish, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight. We do not want to be slothful or sluggish in our spiritual ability to see or in our spiritual ability to hear. Now, I'm not talking about hearing with these ears, but I might point to these ears. But you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about hearing uh, with the voice of the Spirit or hearing the voice of the Spirit, hearing with the ears of the Spirit, by the voice of the Spirit. Amen? And uh, uh, as you mature, you, you need to, uh, you were giving the, given these, these spiritual ears and spiritual eyes, and you have perfect, when you were saved, had this perfect eyesight. But as you mature, you should be uh, learning to pay attention to that more. As you were a young Christ, Christian, you may not have known to pay attention to those things that you were hearing or pay attention to those things that you were seeing. But as we mature in God, we need to learn to pay closer attention to those things. Amen? And hopefully tonight you're going to learn to pay some closer attention. I want you to go to 1 Kings chapter 19. Now, this is kind of different than anything I've ever taught before. I mean, I've taught on the voice of the Lord somewhat before, never as in-depth as I, I plan to teach on it, because uh, probably I will teach on it more than one night, Lord willing. Uh, won't just do it tonight, because I, I do have some more things than what I wrote down tonight. But um, so... Um, 
So this is a little bit different than I've ever taught before, but God is going to give us utterance in the Holy Ghost, and we're going to know how to hear his voice uh, more than we ever have. In 1 Kings chapter 19, now pastor, he talked this morning about uh, people thinking that God teaches them through um, calamity and disasters and, and those kind of things. In other words, God's trying to, to chasten his people or, or to, uh, what's that other word that, that we use this morning? Um, the chastening of the Lord or, or he rebukes us or, or he teaches us something through, through bad things or through, through bad situations. But, you know, and Pastor pointed this out clearly this morning, but I'm just kind of reviewing this in case anybody wasn't here this morning. But um, Pastor pointed out most clearly that God does not speak to New Testament believers through calamity or disaster. And of course, pointing out that we live in a dispensation of grace, and that uh, he, but that, and he has another way of speaking to us, and the way he speaks to us is through the Word of God, and that's how he chastens us, and that's how he corrects us is through the Word of God. Amen. And so, um, in light of that, let's look in First Corinthians, First uh, Kings, chapter nineteen, and look in verse eleven. Uh, this is the story of Elijah, and Elijah was. Um, he, he had done some, all these mighty acts and called down uh, fire on the prophets of Baal. And uh, then Jezebel, in verse 1 of chapter 19, threatens uh, Elijah's life and says, I'm going to get you, basically. And, you know, here the mighty man of God all of a sudden turn tails and, uh, and runs. And he, he runs and uh, he goes and he hides in a cave. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole story, but in verse 11, well, actually in verse 10, uh, he begins to talk to God and he tells God, he says, you know, I'm the only prophet left. I'm the only one left that's on your side, God. And, and God corrects him in that and says, no, I've reserved uh, uh, 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to Baal. And then the Lord tells him in verse 11, he says, and he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. Now, would you say that was a, a very strong, disastrous wind? Would y'all say that a wind that could tear a mountain up and break rocks apart, that that was as bad as any tornado? That, I mean, you know, I've heard of uh, tornadoes tearing houses apart and wooden things apart. I've never heard of a tornado tearing a rock apart. You know, that is a, now that's one, that's quite a wind, isn't it there? And it says, and it says, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But listen to this, but the Lord was not in the wind. Now that ought to tell us something. The world says, and the insurance companies even would call a tornado an act of God. But you know, even when the tornado hit uh, in parts of Tuscaloosa County and then skipped over around towards the Adamsville area of Birmingham, lifted up and then came down again in St. Clair County, and there were churches destroyed and there were uh, all sorts of buildings destroyed and there were some people killed and everything. There were <clears throat> religious or, or there was churches that said, uh, you know, that God was in that. But right here, it clearly tells us that this tornado came through and God wasn't in it. Amen. God wasn't in it. God wasn't speaking in it. Amen. And then it says, uh, and then it says, and after the wind, an earthquake. Now, a lot of when, when earthquakes hit, they say, you know, you know, when the earthquake hit San Francisco, well, you know, it was God because San Francisco is the gay community. And God was judging the gays out in San Francisco. You know, it's funny. Why would God kill people that weren't gay? If God was killing gays for judging, you know, that doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, that wouldn't make sense for little children to be killed and, and uh, babies to be killed. And, and, you know, God's, God makes a lot of sense. He's not God. And, and, but sometimes religion will squirrel it up for us, won't they? And, uh, and anyway, so it says, and, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. God's not speaking to people through earthquakes. Now, you know, sometimes we want him to be. When somebody has offended us, we want the earth to open up. We want an earthquake. We do. We want a tornado, don't we, sometimes? Haven't you ever? Don't, don't look at me like that. Haven't you ever wanted? It's like, get him, God. And you know what? He says he will. In one place in the New Testament, I like it. He says, he says vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And then, he, and then he says, after he says that, I will repay. But the person he's talking about repaying there is not the people that hurt you. He's talking about repaying you. 
And when you get hurt by someone, if you'll let him, what you're supposed to do is give God the vengeance, let him have the vengeance, and judgment day is coming. Just because we're not in a in judgment now, we're in grace now, doesn't mean judgment's not coming. Judgment is coming. And besides all that, you don't even have to worry about it because you know what? Their own sin will judge them. God doesn't have to. Amen. See, God set in law, He set into motion laws called sowing and reaping. And he said, Whatsoever, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He said, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. Why? Because you sow it, you will just automatically reap it if you stick around long enough. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. And so uh, that's why, you know, drug dealers sometimes, they sow it, they get, then they get shot up by another drug dealer. Well, they sowed it, they reap it. It's not God bringing judgment on them. Because if he did, he'd close this, he'd judge them all real quick. And besides all that, so, you know, God's, God is fair. And, you know, there are people that, if in, that need to be judged that have never been judged, it doesn't seem like. Okay, so he's not in this earthquake. He's not doing it that way. That's not how he's doing it. But he did say he would repay. Who's he going to repay? He'll repay you. If someone hurts you, if you'll let him have the vengeance and you'll let go of it and not have any um, animosity in your heart, if you'll do what he says, if you'll bless those that curse you and pray for those that despitefully use you, you know what? He'll pay you back. He'll pay you back for how they've hurt you. God will pay you. God will pay you back. He'll bless you. He'll recompense you, he says. He'll give you double, he said. Amen. Boy, God's ways are just higher and they are good. And it says, and after the earthquake, a fire, and see, so we've had wind, we have torn, uh, a very bad tornadic or hurricane type winds. Then we had earthquake and now we have fire. But it says, but the Lord was not in the fire. God wasn't speaking in the fire. But listen, and then it says, and after the fire, God did speak. And how did he speak? He didn't speak in all those other ways. He spoke in a still, small voice. That's how God's speaking. Amen. Amen. He wasn't speaking to the prophet Elijah in those ways, and he's not speaking to us those ways. Amen. Amen. And Satan loves for when something goes wrong in your life to get you under condemnation of what did I do wrong? And so that you don't come out from under, so that you don't, you don't win and get victorious. So it's important that we know the voice of the Holy Spirit, that they, we know the voice of the Lord, and he, the voice of the Lord is the still small voice. Listen to that. It's still and it's small. See, we want it to be big and loud. But it's not. It's still and it's small. We want God, and this is what the Holy Spirit said to me yesterday. He says, my people, a lot of them are saying, and are some of them just wishing that I would turn up the volume. It's like, God, speak louder. I wish you would turn up the volume. I really want to hear you, God, but I want you to turn up the volume. And he said to me, he said, I'm not going to turn up the volume. He said, I want them to turn down the volume. Now, when he means by that, what he meant by that is I want them to turn down the volume of all the other things in their life. Because a lot of times we just have so much going on around us that we couldn't hear God. And it's not because he's not speaking, because he said, my sheep hear my voice. And you're hearing it all right. You're hearing it. And what it is, is God puts, when he speaks to you, he deposits it in your spirit. He doesn't deposit what he wants to say to you in your natural ears. He deposits it in your spirit. He puts it in your spirit. And then in Proverbs chapter um, 20 and verse 5. So he deposits it in your spirit. Y'all hanging on that with me? He wants to say something to you, and so he deposits it in your spirit. He may want to give you direction. He may want to give you warning. He may want to, he, he, he may want to show you something about financial things. I know he wants to show you how to prosper. He wants to show you how to make money. He wants to show you how to train your children, how to get your family over into a place of blessing. He wants you to have heaven on earth. And so he gives all those instructions. He gives all those things of comfort. He gives all those things of wisdom. He deposits them in our spirit man. And it says in Proverbs, and this is a very important verse. It gives us a big clue. It says, counsel, 20 verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is 
like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. Now that's, how, that's a very good explanation of, of, of the voice of the Holy Spirit and his instructions inside of us. It's, it's in there deep. It's like deep water. But if we have understanding, it says we'll draw out what God plants in a deep place inside of us in our spirit, man. The, a man of understanding will learn to draw out what God's planted inside of you and draw it out until you have understanding up here. Amen? And so there's a process you can go through in order to draw it out. And we know that one way we draw it out, we draw it out as we speak in other tongues. Amen. Amen. We begin to have understanding with our mind. We're speaking a language, though, that we do not understand. The Bible says in Romans, when we don't know how to pray as we ought, which is a lot of times when it comes to things of wisdom, a lot of times we don't know how to pray as we ought. When it comes to things for financial things and specific decisions for our family and specific decisions for our kids, every kid is different. Did y'all know that? Amen. And you know, and you can, there's not just one way to do everything. And, uh, and uh, every set of circumstances is different. Every church is different. So, you know, a pat, there's not a book of pastoring that you can just get and say, okay, now just do it this way no matter where you live, New York City all the way down to Gordo, Alabama, and it'll work the same way. I guarantee you it won't. Amen. I guarantee you the things that work in New York City won't work in Gordo, Alabama. Amen. You know? And that's the way with you. You know, but that wisdom... That wisdom is deep inside of you and a man of understanding has to learn how to draw it out. And one way we draw it out is as we pray in the Holy Spirit. And you know, we like quick things. We like quick answers. I'm sorry, you might as well forget it. God's not like that. And you know what? You're never going to change him. Because he says, I am the Lord, I change not. So that solved that. He's never going to change. In that, I mean, isn't that the truth? I'm the Lord, I change not. That's what he said in, in Malachi. I'm the Lord, I change not. So we can't change him. So we have to adapt to his style. And he has a style of doing things. Amen? And one style he has is that he plants within us the wisdom of God, the things he wants to say to us, and he's doing it all the time. You are hearing the voice of the good shepherd all the time. You're hearing it down here. Amen? And so some of you have a log jam in there. There's years of stuff you are down in there that you hadn't drawn out. Amen? And so, but we pray in the Spirit is one way. Also, you know, the more understanding we have of the Word of God, um, and of course, God speaks to us through the Word, but also the more understanding we have with the Word of God, the more, um, the more we're going to be able to judge things that we hear. Amen. And we have to judge what we hear, don't we? Amen. Because how many of you know your emotions have a voice? Your soul realm has a voice. Amen. Did you know that? Your soul has a voice, your wife has a voice, your kids have a voice. And you know, sometimes when you're trying to hear from God, you're the, the mama and the daddy and the kids, all of them are, are putting input into some of the decisions that we have to make. And so we have to be able to judge things by the word of God. So as we read the Word, it gives us insight into how God works and the things He would say and the things He wouldn't say. And so we just we get more in tune with how God would speak. And we, that way we can throw things out fast. You know what I mean? In other words, when a voice of condemnation comes, we know immediately, throw that out. That, that's not God. That's not God trying to condemn me. That's not God trying to condemn me. You know, uh, one example I'm thinking of, I didn't know this when we were first starting to pastor. You know, we were really young. And, you know, so this lady comes into our church and she says, you know, that she's going to correct me and pastor. She comes to the office and she's going to correct us. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, I want to be teachable. And, you know, and, and I was very, you know, I really, Pastor and I were very teachable. We wouldn't want to do anything. And if God wanted to speak to us through somebody, you know, we wanted him to. And, you know, we, we, we know that he speaks through donkeys. And this lady was close. And, uh, <laughs> no, but what he does, he spoke through donkeys. And, you know, so I'm trying to stay open here. You know, and, and pastor's trying to stay open here. And, you know, and so uh, it, 
in that, when we first were pastoring, we got hurt a lot right at the first because, you know, sometimes people come speak some pretty trashy things to you, you know, and, you know, get some pretty trashy letters. You know, telling you this and, and bless God giving you those scriptures, you know, and Ezekiel of the pastors that don't do right scriptures, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And um, then I got more familiar with the word of God. And I realized that, and, and pastor and I began to understand and realize that God don't correct his pastors through, his, through sheep. He don't correct pastors through sheep. So, you know, I had never got one in this town, but i tell you how much they affect me now when I get a dirty letter. I mean, it affects me zero because I know where it came from. Just came right out of the pit of hell. You know, didn't come from God. He's not trying to tell me anything. When God wants to correct a minister, always an equal or higher anointing. Always equal or higher anointing. Never, ever, ever. You know, you might ought to repent if you ever tried to correct a pastor. But, um, you know, uh, he doesn't do that. He doesn't use the deacon board. He doesn't use, he doesn't use those things to correct ministers. And so that's how you can do too. You can get where you understand when condemnation comes. You know, this isn't God. This isn't God. And why would you want to sit around and listen to what the devil had to say? Why would you want to entertain something the devil would think about you or say about you? The Bible says he's a liar. So if you are going to entertain it, at least the best you ought to do is at least believe the opposite. If he says you're no good, then you ought to believe I'm the, I, I must really be righteous. This must be really worrying the devil. You know what I mean? Because he's a liar. And so through the word of God, we can begin to understand how God speaks and how he doesn't speak. Well, the next time that lady came in our office and, and she was going to tell us something, and she told the pastor, and you know, of course, now I see how dumb this was. But then, you know, we were younger and the things, and she said, you know, I'm called to be the co-authority co in this church. I'm the prophet. You're the pastor. That's what she told him. And by that time, we'd caught on. And he said, if you don't get out of this office now, I'm calling the police. I mean, that was, um, and, and, um, and she got out and so forth. But, <laughs> but actually, it was kind of funny because uh, the voices kind of got elevated at one point, and we shared an office and shared a bathroom with Farm Bureau, Gaines County Farm Bureau, which was an insurance company, and we often wondered what they thought about there was a I'm sure they could hear what was said that day. And, you know, you just often wondered about that. But anyway, you just have to go on. Well, uh, so that's how we can be, though, is where we understand how God speaks. And we can throw a lot of stuff out real fast. Amen? God said in Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, I know the plans I have for you to give you a future and a hope. So if God's not saying something that gives you a future and a hope, now I'm not talking about correcting you, but God doesn't hammer you down when he corrects you. He gives you a swift, uh, quick conviction, and he always gives you hope, hope in it. He always tells you what to do about it. He doesn't, he, you know, when Satan condemns you, he always tells you, oh man, this is going to destroy you, and, you know, and there's nothing you can do about it. And he makes you feel like a worm. God doesn't make you feel like a worm when he corrects you. He gives you a quick conviction. You, you feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit. You feel that, uh, you feel, I'll tell you what, you feel that grief of the Holy Spirit. You just, oh God, I wouldn't disappoint you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do something that would disappoint you for anything. And you repent quickly. And I'm telling you family, after you've repented, that next feeling you get, and, and usually the next feeling you get is condemnation. The next, you, all of a sudden, you know, you, you repented, you asked the Lord to forgive you. Ten minutes later, all of a sudden, you're feeling bad for it again. You know who that is? Amen. That's the devil knocking at your door. And you need to get rid of him. The way you get rid of him is devil. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Now listen, let me tell you something. You don't ever outgrow the devil trying to put condemnation on you. 
You're not ever going to get so mature that he's not going to try it. So you need to keep that in mind and keep Romans 8, 1 up there. You cannot walk in faith and walk in condemnation at the same time. So you have to get rid of condemnation and you have to get rid of it fast. Amen? Because it's going to rob you of your faith. It'll strip you of your faith and make you powerless. Amen. Praise God. It'll keep you re from receiving healing. It'll keep you from walking in prosperity. Amen. Praise God. It's the truth. It will. Now, the man of understanding, he draws those things out of his spirit. Now, we need to learn to wait on the Lord. Because I've already told you, he doesn't, he doesn't have the quickie method of speaking to us. So we have to learn to get before him and wait on him because he wants to tell us some things. He wants us to have wisdom. I tell you, every mistake you've ever made in life, every financial mistake is caused you didn't wait on the Lord and listen to him and get his instructions. Or maybe you went and you prayed and you said, Now, Father, I'm asking you for wisdom in this situation. What should I do? Should we buy this car or should we not? And you didn't hear anything, and so you just went ahead. So that is not a good idea. Uh, the best thing for you to do when, is not to be put in a position where you have to make a quick decision. Knowing as you do that God doesn't usually answer quickly, you shouldn't cause yourself to be in a position to have to make a quick decision. Now, sometimes you do. I mean, if you're stranded in Jackson, Mississippi, the car's blowed up, and you've got to make a decision. You know, you don't have four days to seek God. And so there are times, and God knows that. God knows when you have to make quick decisions, and he, he helps you in those areas. But many times we allow the world or people to cause us to have to make quick decisions. Amen. Listen, I, some of you may be salesmen, some, and I don't want to hurt your feelings. But salesmen, this is what they're taught. They are taught to do this. But if you ever get around a salesman, I'm telling you, it's always not going to be that price tomorrow. They try, they know, they tell you, this, that they know statistically that if you walk off their car lot, statistics say you're not coming back. So that's why they say things to you like, Mrs. Billings, what would it take for you, for us to deal today? Or deal right now. I mean, they want you to deal now. And this, this is the same, it doesn't matter if they're selling encyclopedias or if they're selling them. Um, uh, uh, vacuum cleaners or whatever they're selling, their sale price is always just for today. And see, if you put yourself in a position to have to make a snap decision, Pastor and I learned a long time ago that if, I'm, if we're being pressured to make a decision, then it's not God. Because God doesn't pressure us to make decisions. Do y'all understand what I mean? And so that's a real quick, you don't know, you say, I know all of y'all are just going, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. But you don't know how many times Pastor and I have even been put in a position. You know, it doesn't matter what you're looking at. Somebody else is, are, you know, well, you, you know, we have some buyers that are really interested in this house. We already have some other people. I know I was looking at the, the real estate thing today in the paper, and it said in one of the, uh, the open houses, it said, better get over here, hurry. This one will sell fast. It's probably been on the market a year. <laughs> it says, I mean, I mean, really and truly, I mean, a lot of it is just, it's just salesman talk. And, um, but, you, and, and, but many, 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 many times, but the people have tried it to put us in positions of making a quick decision. And we've learned to just say, oh, well, if it's God, it'll be there tomorrow. Amen. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, it's just funny. And this is the truth. How many times you can get that good price tomorrow? You know, even though they said you can't get it tomorrow, that you do end up getting it after all. Okay, and so hearing his voice, what we need to do is not put ourselves in a position to have to hear fast, but give ourselves some time to spend waiting on the Lord. And when we say we're going to wait on the Lord or we're going to pray, then we actually need to do that. You know, sometimes I say, I'm not going to make a decision because we need to pray about this, but then I really don't end up ever doing it. 
And I need to, if I say I'm going to do it, I need to get with the Lord and I need to pray. And I need to spend some time waiting on Him. And I need to, 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 to let Him speak into my spirit because He wants to tell me. He wants to give me advice. He wants to prosper me. He wants to prosper you. He wants to tell you. But a lot of times we don't take the time. Our kids come up with a crisis and we just don't get before the Lord and say, God, what are you saying here? What do you say to do? See, he knows the solution. He's the only one that knows the inward parts of every person on earth. He knows what makes your boss tick. Amen? He knows. He knows. He knows just exactly how to do everything. He knows the solution to the problems you're facing. I don't care if they're mechanical, if they're a computer problem. I don't care if there's a piece of broke down equipment. He knows how to fix it. We have a friend of ours who is uh, very high up and very prosperous in uh, Amarada Hess, which is an oil company. And he, uh, and he is a corrosion engineer. And simply because he listens to the Holy Ghost and he solves very difficult problems for Amarada Hess. And they send him all over the world to Saudi Arabia and to Canada. And they send him, they send him to Seminole, Texas. And they send him to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. They send him all over the world to, so, to solve problems about getting the corrosion out of all these pipes that pump, pump oil out of the ground. Because he, he listens to the Holy Ghost. And he's come up with ingenious methods. Yeah. Well, you know, it gets him raises too. And plus, Amarada Hess has laid off so many times and it always misses him. And they've had so many layoffs. They closed the whole Tulsa thing, laid them all off. And, you know, and, and, and he's still alive in Amarada Hess. He's still alive and ticking there. And see, God's no respecter of persons. He will help you solve difficult situations. He helps us solve difficult ministry situations. He will give you wisdom for every circumstance and every situation that you come up against in life if you'll just spend time with Him and let Him speak to you. But you're not going to get a microwave answer from Him. You're going to have to be that wise man who draws that understanding out. Amen? I mean, sometimes even in this church, you know, there's been times when... Uh, uh, when people, would, I'd say, well, uh, would you pray about uh, something for, for me? I mean, like, would you pray about doing something? And, you know, I would tell them maybe on Sunday, and maybe I'd see them on Monday, and they'd say, I prayed, and God said no. And I'm going, yeah, right. You hadn't even had time. This is what I'm thinking. You hadn't even had time since yesterday to get your mind quiet enough to know, to hear God speak. It's like Brother Hagin said, you wouldn't know God if you walked down the street with a red hat on. I mean, because you hadn't settled down. You hadn't got time. You hadn't, you know, listen, I'll just tell you this. If you're going to do that, at least fake it. Take two weeks and, and maybe I'll believe that you really did pray. But when you come back, you know, I've had people come back in a half a day and say, you know, ask them on Sunday morning, on Sunday night. God prayed and God said no. I pray, you know, you'll say, uh, would you pray about going to the nursery since you have three kids in there? And uh, they'll, they'll come back and say, I prayed and God said that wasn't my anointing. I thought you got three kids and you aren't anointed for it. I mean, I'm exaggerating here. You know what I mean? But I've, we've had people say things that were just that, just that dumb. And I feel like going, here, now you're anointed. Lay hands on them. Get in the nursery. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just, boy, I'm just teasing y'all tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's go to uh, Isaiah chapter 30. I'm going to go there in the Amplified Bible. We're not getting very far tonight, but we're getting some stuff done. I, I don't know about you, but I want to hear his voice. I don't know about you, but we've had enough bad decisions. Pastor and I have made some wrong decisions and, and bad decisions. We've, we've made some wrong financial decisions, made some wrong, uh, some bad decisions, thought, thought, you know, assumption a lot of times, thinking God was saying one thing and God was saying another, you know? 
like one thing that we we realize now was just really not a, a good decision on our part and has really cost us thousands of dollars financially hallelujah though God's assured us he's going to make it back up to us How, but uh, when we first felt the call of God to preach on our life we just assumed and just thought my Lord we're called to preach we got to quit farming it never dawned on us. It never crossed our mind. Never thought to ask God. But we realize now that if we'd done the will of God, we'd have preached and farmed at the same time. But instead, I mean, we were just like, get rid of the land, get rid of the equipment. You know, just get rid of it because we're called to preach. And you know, God's merciful. And Pastor said this last night to me. He said, you know, God was merciful to us because we did it in faith, number one. We did it in faith, and when you do things in faith, God's merciful. And he was also merciful. We were young, and number two, that was back when churches were just getting started. We didn't even have a pastor. We didn't have anybody we could ask. We didn't even have someone that was over us in the Lord or older than us in the Lord to turn to and say, you know, what about this? We didn't have a clue, and so God's been merciful in that. But I tell you what, God wants us to make good decisions. Amen. And all of us have made some wrong ones and it's time to quit. Amen. Because we know too much about God now. For one thing, y'all probably came from a time in your life, and I know we did, where we didn't even know God talked to you about stuff like that. Really. There's a lot of Christians don't know God's talking to them about financial things and helping them make good decisions. Amen. Amen. Well, in Isaiah chapter 30, and I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible in verse 15. It says, For thus said the Lord God, the in returning to me and resting in me, you shall be saved. Did you hear that about resting? In quietness and in resting, trusting, in quietness and in trusting, confidence shall be your strength, and you would not. He said, but you wouldn't. He said, if you'd get quiet and you'd rest and you'd trust, you'd have strength. In other words, you'd make wise decisions. But then he says, but you said you would not do that. He says, but you said, no, we will speed our own course on horses. Therefore, you shall speed in flight from your enemies. You said we will ride upon swift steeds, doing our own way. Therefore, shall they who pursue you be swift, so swift that, and it goes on to stay there, but I want to drop down to verse 18. Now, he's talking about there that those people that have to have it fast, that, you know, and those people that never slow down all day, they're going so hard and so fast from the moment their eyes wake up, they are just going hard and fast all day, and they don't ever spend any time being quiet before God and getting down, and he says they're doing it their own way. And we are like that sometimes. I mean, we, we get in the car, we drive fast, we're going, you know, 90 to nothing all day long. And we don't ever stop and get before the Lord and get quiet and listen to His voice. Family, we don't live in a day that it's a good idea to do that. God wants to talk to us. And, you know, the, we're just too busy. The Holy Spirit said to me last night, my people want me to turn the volume up, but I'm telling them, turn the volume down. Turn the volume down on your lives. Sometimes you need to eliminate some things in order to slow down. We, some of you need to eliminate some of the noise in your life. If your house is one noisy place all day long, every day, if you, if you, if you don't make your kids ever be quiet, you know, I had to make my kids, I had two boys, you know, their boys are traditionally kind of noisy. But I would sometimes in the summertime, when they were home all day, every day, I, I, against their will, I might say it, I didn't say, now boys, would you like to do this? Because how many of you know the answer would have been no. But I said, now boys, for an hour, you're going to sit in your bed, you know, it was past the time when they were napping. It was past that. They had already outgrown naps. For an hour, you got to stay in your room and sit on your bed and read a book. And you know, we went to the library in the summer and we got the books and everything. And I made them for an hour be quiet and have the house quiet for an hour because there's too much noise. And when there's too much noise, you can't hear God. 
And when there's too much noise, and a un, there'll be a peace and an unrest in your home. Family, sometimes you need to turn the TV off and let your house be perfectly silent. Just let quietness be in your house. And when you start doing this, you'll find yourself starting to hear God. Now, occasionally, and, and Pastor and I have to do this. Now, when our kids were even little, we'd do it. Sometimes we'd find ourselves being being too much TV and too, too much noise going on. And you know when you're getting where you're not hearing the voice of God. You know when you're not getting what you need to be getting. You know? And we would say, okay, guys, we're going to fast TV for a week. And I think we've even done it for a month one time. And, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't go, oh, boy. And, you know, they were little kids. And even after they were in high school, I can remember doing it. I can remember doing it even after Colin went to Raymond. Eric was in junior high. And, and you know, we'd say, okay, for a whole month, we're not going to watch TV. And we just turn it off for a month. And does it, does it take some discipline? Yeah, it does. But, you know, it's not, there's, it, 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 there's sometimes it becomes necessary. I know right before my dad came, you know, he came to visit a couple of weeks ago. And I, I, I just had been in that place where things were too noisy. I wasn't, I, I, I kind of slipped into maybe sitting in front of the TV too much, you know, not watching anything bad. But just, you know, you can get where you're just sitting there mindlessly. And, and so I just wanted to break that in myself. And so I just, just made up my mind, okay, from Monday till my dad comes on Thursday. I knew I, after my dad got here, there would be no way. And, um. So from Monday till my dad gets here on Thursday, I'm just not watching any TV. I'm not even going to turn it on. I'm not even going to watch the news. You can survive without news. You can survive without weather. It's possible. And you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with TV. There's not. But when, when we gotta have, we got to provide quietness for ourselves. You need to come into quietness. There needs to be times during the day when the TV's not on. There needs to be time when you turn the radio off. Now, I've been fasting radio most of my life without any problem. I've just, <laughs> I've been fasting it good. But you know, sometimes you need to turn the radio off. If you, if, if that, some people, and maybe you're like that, they got to have noise all the time. Wean yourself. You know, there's people that can't even sleep unless there's a noise, like a fan going. Wean yourself from that. Learn to hear, learn to love quietness and to have quietness because God speaks in that. In verse 18, and therefore the Lord earnestly waits, expectant, looking and longing to be gracious to you. And therefore he lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you. For the Lord is a God of justice, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are all those who earnestly wait for him, who expect and look and long for him, for his victory, his favor, his love, his peace, his joy, and his matchless unbroken, unbroken companionship. Let me read that to you again and just listen because this is amplified. And therefore the Lord earnestly waits, expectant, looking, and longing to be gracious to you. God wants to bless us, doesn't he? And therefore he lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you. For the Lord is a God of justice, blessed, happy, Fortunate to be envied are all those who earnestly wait for him, who expect and look and long for him, for his victory, his favor, his love, his peace, his joy, and his matchless, unbroken companionship. God wants us to wait on him. God wants us to spend some time waiting on him. God doesn't want you to be uncomfortable waiting in his presence. Amen? I want to say a few more things about the voice of the Lord, and then I'm going to close. But just some little keys about the voice of the Lord. Um, the longer you know the Lord, so if you've been saved many years, the longer you know the Lord, the softer He speaks. And the reason for that, now, sometimes we think, well, you know, the more mature you are in Christ, the softer He speaks. No, the longer you know the Lord, the softer He speaks. He, if you've known Him a long time, He expects you to be mature. Amen? And so he speaks very softly the longer that you've known him. And one, there's several reasons for that. One is lovers don't yell in each other's ears. 
He wants to have an intimate relationship with you, and lovers don't yell in each other's ears. Another reason is, is that the audible voice, he doesn't really speak with an audible voice often. A lot of people are wanting and waiting to hear the audible voice, but he doesn't because the audible voice would be um, a physical thing versus a spiritual thing. In other words, it would be the outer man versus the inner man, or you could say it this way, it would be... Uh, the outside of our body versus the temple of the Holy Spirit. So he speaks to our spirit. That's how he wants to speak to us. He does not care to speak to you audibly. Sometimes he does that. Although I've heard people say when they heard the audible voice, they, they heard it and it seemed like it was audible, but they really weren't sure if other people could have heard it. It's not really audible, family, if other people couldn't hear, hear it, but it may have sounded audible to you because it was so distinct. And uh, so um, God very, very rarely speaks in an audible voice. We are to be... Um, we, and another reason God does not speak in an audible voice is this. Now, this is really important. is because we are to be the audible voice of the Lord in the earth. And I'm going to show you more about that as we study this more. Because I have a lot of scriptures how we're the oracle of God. We speak forth his word. And I can just show you scripture after scripture. You're to be his audible voice. So he's not speaking in an audible voice. He's letting us be the audible voice. And he's speaking. What he does is he puts down in here with us, here within us, what we're supposed to speak. Amen? Okay. And then something else about the voice of the Lord. Um, the Bible says in Luke 4, 4, that man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You will never really live, neither will you mature until you are able to hear God for yourself. And so you must come to the place of hearing God. Because you won't live until you do, because man shall not live by bread alone. Now, so here's some more keys. God speaks in themes. There's always an emphasis of the Holy Ghost going on. So that's why when you hear God, a lot of times you'll turn on the TV and you may hear somebody else talking about the very same thing. Or you may come to church. Maybe you hear God saying something. You come to church and pastor will say something about it. Or somebody else will say something about it because God speaks in themes. You know, there are things on God's mind. There are things on God's mind tonight. One thing that, you know one thing that's on God's mind today? One thing that's on God's mind is us hearing his voice because pastor talked about it and I talk, I'm talking about it and we didn't collaborate and decide, hey, let's both get on the same subject and preach on it. We didn't either one know. I didn't know till we got to church this morning and he preached. So it's on God's mind. I want my people to hear my voice. That's one thing on his mind. Uh, another thing that's really important is uh, the Holy Spirit said to me, morning news is better than night news. God has daily news. And how many of you know that if you got the Tuscaloosa paper this morning, that it's, vir it's virtually worthless at 10 o'clock tonight? It's worthless. And there's things that God has to say to you that will be worthless at night if you have to hear them in the morning. I want you to turn with me to one more scripture, Isaiah chapter 50. Did I push y'all over the edge? Y'all sure got quiet all of a sudden. Did I push them over the edge, Pastor? Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Listen to this. He wakeneth, my, he wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. When does he wakeneth my ear to hear? In the morning. He doesn't wakeneth my ear. It doesn't say he wakeneth my ear at night to hear. Now some people say, well, I, you know, I pray better at night. I'm more, of a morning, I'm more of a night person than a morning person. Well, that's fine when it comes to supplicating and interceding, you know, maybe you do pray better at night. But I tell you one thing for sure, you'll never be able to get around that you, have, you need to spend some time with God hearing his voice in the morning. Here the Bible says that when the sun comes up, something happens. Something changes. What does it say happens when the the sun comes up. His mercies are new every morning. Praise God. So there's something that changes. There's a changing of the guard or something. And, he, and His mercies are new every morning. So we need to hear God in the morning. 
That may not be where we do the most of our study or the most of our prayer, but it does need to be a time that we get with God. And you don't need, you don't need to be going out into your day. It's not safe. It's not wise. You're going to make wrong decisions. You're not going to have the success you could have if you don't spend some time with God in the morning. Wake, and you ought to claim this scripture. He wakeneth my ear morning by morning to hear him. Praise God. Another thing to talk about tonight is uh, just for a minute, a little point is noise pollution. That's one of Satan's strategies. We already talked about that some. Satan, one of Satan's strategies is noise pollution to get you distracted and clogged up. Another thing is eliminate the competition for your attention. And we talked about that. You know, the Bible says in Exodus 34, 14, that God is a jealous God. See, he's not going to try to be heard over your TV. He's not going to be try to be heard over that. Nothing wrong with watching TV, but if we hadn't if we hadn't spent time trying to hear God that day, we don't really it's not really what we ought to be doing. Now I know I'm out there, but uh, it's really the truth. I'm saying it to myself as well as to you is you know he's not going to be heard over those things. He's not going to be heard over those things. Okay, hearing comes in rest. Hearing not only causes us to rest. See, when you hear God, you're going to come to rest over your situation. All of a sudden, you're going to have faith for it once you're hearing. But you know what? You have to also get at rest in a, to hear God. I mean, get at peace. Get settled down. Get quiet. All through the Word of God, you look it up. In Psalms, Proverbs, all through from Psalms and Proverbs on, it talks about waiting on the Lord. Another thing of key to hearing God is be filled with desire. You need to understand it's fun to seek God. It's fun to hear His voice. Oh, it's wonderful to hear the voice of God. It'll prosper you. It'll do you good. God will give you things and tell you things that you couldn't know and you couldn't have. When we were going to Texas one time from here, uh, traveling out, just fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, listening to a quiet praise tape. I think it was Bruce and Cindy Black. I give them credit for it. And uh, just fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. I heard the Holy Spirit say, he said, I, I want to give you a new house. We were still living in Trustful. And he said, I want to give you a new house. I, we knew. We had direction. When You know, when you come to buy a house, there's a lot to choose from. Well, that narrowed it down. That narrowed it way down. We knew what to look for. We knew, not, knew what to look at. And see, I wouldn't have known that. And you know what the truth is? I would have never looked at new if he hadn't told me to because that just wasn't in my mindset. That wasn't in my way of thinking. And God wants to speak those things to you. It's fun to seek God. Listen, if you ever feel not motivated to pray, the Holy Spirit told me this, and this is how he would motivate me, and he still does sometimes. In Hebrews, it says, uh, uh, it says, um, in Hebrews it says um, that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek, seek him. And I, there were times in my life that I didn't feel very motivated to pray. And I'd hear the Holy Spirit whisper, my, whisper to my heart. And he'd say, Debbie, I'll reward you if you seek me. And you know he's saying that to you tonight. He's saying, I'll reward you if you seek me. He's saying, come on, pray. Come on, spend some time with me. I'll reward you if you seek me. God's not beyond baiting the hook. Praise God. And I, you know what it did? It motivated me. On days I wasn't very motivated, I thought, man, he's going to reward me if I seek him. Boy, just about any kid will do anything for a reward. And I guess I just got enough kid in me. I want you to also, another thing about seeking God, and there's just two more, realize deafness is abnormal. You need to realize that spiritual deafness, physical deafness is abnormal, and spiritual deafness is abnormal. Amen? Another thing about seeking God that you need to know in hearing God, there is safety in hearing God. And that, and you know, beyond the implications of he can tell us not to go places and things like that. But um, another safety that's in it is the, the very fact that if you listen to the Holy Spirit, then he will be saying similar things throughout the body of Christ. And when you hear someone preach, there will be a safety in it because you're hearing the very same thing. And you know, you know, you say, you know, because you're hearing the Holy Spirit. This happens to us a lot. We'll go in the prayer room on Sunday morning. And, you know, we'll pray something, and the pastor will come out, and he'll say some of the same things. Sometimes use the, some of the same scriptures. See, we get a witness of the Holy Spirit, and that's what you'll get. You'll get a witness from the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe we'll talk about this some more next week. I hope we do, but we're going to pray, not assume anything. But I tell you what I want us to do tonight. We've already had miracles to... Uh, uh, 
today, and I just don't feel like that we're supposed to lay hands on anybody or pray for anybody tonight. I don't have any unction. We will after the service if anybody needs us to or if anybody needs agreement and prayer. But you know what I want us to do? And I don't want you to get nervous about this, but I want us to wait on the Lord for just a minute. I want us to just practice waiting on the Lord right here.